This week on the After Dark Podcast, we got more brain nuts. James Delos has the same conversation a thousand times, or 37, I think it was, and someone's daughter shows up. Let's get into it. Come on, come on to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Apple Jack, or some Adam's Ale if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music was provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariot. Enjoy the show! Hello, welcome to the After Dark Podcast. My name's Anthony James, and that's Conrad. Hello, welcome to the Raj again. Actually, no, we're not really in the Raj this week, but we got well, you know re- remnants of the Raj, remnants of the Raj in this episode. Definitely. Um, thank you for coming. Com- uh, I meant to say, usually you've put me off there, Conrad, because I say, you say <laughs> hello, and then I say, Conrad, how are you doing this week? Yeah, no, I've gone straight into it. I've, I'm all action. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you for why as well. I'll save. I'll save this floundering intro segment with um, with a, <laughs> with an explanation as to why, and that is because this was a really good episode of Westworld. I thought I very much enjoyed this one, so I'm very enthusiastic about discussing it with uh, with you and our dear listeners. Fun tubby doozy. Right. Okay. Well, let's not. <laughs> let's... Bit fucking late. <laughs> yeah. That's the, let's not uh, beat around the bush then guys well we're going to jump into the recap Conrad what do you think let's do it right so first things first robot Jim who we don't know is a robot yet gets told by William that he's a robot and then he doesn't handle it very well Man in Black comes across some questionable railway sleepers and Bernard is reunited with Elsie who was apparently in a cave this whole time next to a pile of protein bars oh Okay. They discover another one of those labs with the drone hosts, which by the end of the episode we find out is where Scottish Jim was being kept. Matthew McConaughey wreaks havoc on Lawrence's family, which causes the man in black to have a change of heart. After time passes, William that was visiting Scottish Jim is now actually played by Ed Helms. Good one. But uh, seriously, guys who did this? Who tells Jim that Logan has passed away from a drug overdose. Zombie Jim then attacks Bernard and Elsie, and they torch him to death. It's revealed that Bernard was the one who actually killed all of the drone hosts and the scientists within the underground lair. Lawrence's daughter, who definitely hasn't aged, remembers the man in black. And the woman from the Raj is revealed to be the man in black's daughter. Did I miss anything? Right, Conrad. Um, I realized last week I accidentally started off at the start of the episode. Let's not do that this week, just to show people no. that we are we're mixing things up. Um, Non-linear narratives. Yeah. What <laughs> so what I want to talk about first is... The whole like sort of storyline slash reveal that this is this Scottish Jim Jim Delos is actually a host of sorts. Mm. Uh, they've sort of copied his human consciousness onto this red brain nut, uh, and yep. they're trying to get him to get him uh, pouring milk correctly. It seems hasn't done it yet. What do you think, Conrad? Um, so. <sighs> You know me. You all know me as someone who prides himself on his ability to see things coming. And this episode presented not one, but two things that I had failed to see coming. Admittedly, the Scottish gym stuff um, was all self-contained within this episode. We haven't really seen this part of his character's arc 
um, up until this point, but it took me, I was very much the last horse to cross the finishing line in terms of what was actually going on and um, and how that uh, storyline tied into okay. the rest of the episode. And then, um, not to get into it now, but the, the other reveal of who a certain character is, uh, who maybe was hanging out in the Raj and isn't anymore, uh, that <laughs> completely took me by surprise as well. I think mainly for, with that one, I wasn't really thinking that hard about it. Uh, I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, there's someone. Well, for, I've got more important things to figure <laughs> out. I'll come back to you. And then wouldn't you know it, in the second episode that she's in, it's it's revealed. But the, but the Scottish gym stuff, I think that was like the heart of this episode. Yeah. Um, and it was great. It was really, really good. I, I think that's that's uh, in large part to do with the fact that I once again haven't looked up this actor's name, which I feel terrible about because he's very good. But the actor playing Scottish Jim is fantastic. He's sort of just this... He's very believable as this kind of like gruff billionaire type who you know is a, is a force of person a, a, a kind of a, has a cult of personality and a forceful personality yeah mm-hmm. um and his conversations with william are really revealing of william's character as well and where he's gone i think that the fact that in this episode we see the time jump essentially i know we've had it confirmed already mm-hmm, but we mm-hmm. see william having the conversation and then we see uh ed harris um as, as william having the conversation yeah yep, and yep. and it doesn't it feels i don't know if i go so far as say it feels seamless it's always going to feel like oh there's been a jump there because this character this mm-hmm. character is now 50 years older but but it doesn't feel F- incongruous okay <laughs> Sorry, yeah, do you know Ed Harris. It's fifty years. I, I don't know how yeah. old Ed Harris is. Well, we know from the first season it was only thirty years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ed Harris fucking wishes he was thirty years older than that actor. Um, I, I would I've say got... he is. Was it? How old is Ed Harris? I reckon Ed Harris is getting close to his eighties, isn't he? Eighties. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I've done is. done him a disservice there. Let's I'm have a look. I think he was like fifty when he did a Beautiful Mind. That's he's he's okay. So Ed Harris is seventy. Um, yeah. And. I can't remember the name of the actor who Jimmy uh, Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. Let's have a look. He's got to be he, 40, he, 40 at least. He's not going to be. He's not going to be twenty. So like, yeah. I'm already, <laughs> I'm already wrong. Jimmy is his name definitely Jimmy Simpson. J I M M I. Yeah. Oh, he's got one of those names. He's one he? of those ones. He's one of those Jimmy. Uh, but Honestly, yeah, <laughs> he was we, born we, 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 1975. Mid thirties. So, so okay, fair enough. Ed Harris is thirty-five years older than him. Which is about was four, right. Did 1975 make him 46? Uh, I was thinking, yeah, sorry. I was thinking about when Westworld started um, and then comparing it to so Ed Harris's 40, age now. 41 or so when it started. Yeah, I screwed up my maths. As Listen, I'd, I've never claimed to be a mathematician. I'd, I, I'm, a, I'm an ideas man. I'm the Lee Sizemore of this podcast, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm an ideas um, guy. Yeah, I'm an ideas man, but uh, yeah, it was a, it's a great it's a great scene, um, and it keeps on the fact it keeps on being returned to, and it keeps being interesting. Uh, I think is testimony to the mainly the performances in it. I think, uh, but it, it was great. It was a really great way of kind of underpinning this episode, and just a great way of getting this character back into the show because I think we were only introduced to him like two episodes ago. It was definitely yeah. in season two. Um, and, and now, and well, this he, is technically a new character now. Well, well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, technically as... not actually. What do you think about that? Because it's like it's, he it's like doesn't think he's it. a new character. Like I yeah. think there's there's a really interesting ethical debate to have there because when when it's initial well initially revealed to the audience, it's it's reasonable to say it's probably not the first time William has revealed it to one of these uh, one of these gyms. But uh, the first time it's revealed to the audience that uh, he's a host and that his his wife has died. Um, 
his first thought is kind of like, oh, cool, you've cracked immortality. I'm going to live forever then. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a really interesting approach to it because it's like, he, he doesn't think of himself as a separate entity yeah. to to the Jim Dallas. He's like, cool, I'm going to live forever. I'm going to go get on my boat and bang my wife. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, whatever it is. He, like, he'll fuck my wife or whatever it is he says he's going to do. And, and it's sort of, it's very consistent with him as a character, I think, because... Yeah. And I think a lot of those kind of like billionaire types who are very, very self-centered, very egotistical, and often, you know, you need to be to be in that kind of position. Um, but um, that he doesn't even consider that if his wife were alive, maybe she would have a problem with having buried her <laughs> husband and then having a robot husband come back and be like, let's jump in the bedroom. Yeah. Like, it's good. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it, but it's, um, yeah, it's a really interesting approach to... Uh, how people would deal with that and i and i think it i think there probably are some people that would respond that way where they're just like i have all my memories i have all my my mm-hmm. uh, life mm-hmm. experiences in here so am i not effectively the same person well uh, yes exactly i know exactly what you mean it's a great ethical ethical question but it's funny when you think about it in terms of like imagine like photocopying a person right mm. um he's like a photocopy of his previous self like there are errors there and it's not quite right and um that's that's sort of actually that's basically what aging is isn't it photocopy of a photocopy in terms of the cells but i yeah. uh yeah we'll go you know we'll not go down that road anymore um but emmett's not here emmett's not here to indulge that <laughs> that no that no of thought no thank thankfully not um <laughs> but no, i that was um <coughs> one of the things that kind of kept me in the dark about this because i was like i don't think it's ever actually been said what he was ill with but as 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 the um that storyline was going on i was like oh has he got like alzheimer's and they're keeping him here to try and to try and figure mm, okay. out some yeah. kind of I, my mind went to oh they're doing some kind of like maybe stem cell-ish research w- uh, mm-hmm. with the host seeing if they can essentially use the hosts to either incubate uh, the stem cells that he needs or the organ that he needs or maybe even testing the disease that he has on hosts to figure out a cure or something like that mm-hmm. um but the alzheimer's stuff was where my mind went which is not a million miles away from that idea of you know photocopying cells and 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 ultimately you know the errors start to rack up and and your body starts to break down um as it mm-hmm. turns out it wasn't that but i still think it is kind of playing on those um those ideas of sort of yeah representing a human whose kind of funk core functionality is there sometimes and not there other times and i think the the performance of the the, the actor playing playing jim dallas really captures that kind of like frustration at being like no i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine um even if yeah. it wasn't necessarily what they what they necessarily wanted it to be primarily about yeah no no i think i think you're right in that right okay i, I just wanted to talk a little bit now conrad we got to talk about these drones. Uh, so the big, the big white faceless drones. Yeah, the monsters, the monsters yeah. that they made, and we're like, let's not make these. You know, look at Apple's design of things, and it's all like cute, like Wally style looking things. Nice round, round edges. You know, yeah, nice yeah. big faces. Everything looks adorable and non-threatening. And then Delos went the other way, and they were like, make them as fucking horrific as you possibly can. <laughs> okay. So this is what I want to talk to you about, actually, because they don't—they sure. don't—they don't read as human, obviously, because they don't have the no. face or anything like that. So therefore, your brain thinks of them as a robot, okay? Mm. But we know that hosts these days are built like almost like they have flesh, right? Yes. Unfortunately, I don't stop thinking about this thing as a robot. So therefore, when it actually just moves fluently like a human, I can kind of feel like I can see the suit buckling over the 
over the actor's uh, body. Like, I can see that it's a thick suit that they're wearing because my mind is thinking of it as a robot and therefore when it does something that's a bit too human in terms of movement, I see it as a problem. I know what you mean. That hasn't really struck me, to be honest, because my I, I almost don't think of them as robots, to be honest. I think mm. I know that that's what they are, but in my mind, I kind of just think of them as as almost like kind of worker ants or something like that. <laughs> you know, they're they're they are human in musculature, but not in consciousness, I guess. Uh, but but definitely, they don't feel that the, the hosts don't re uh, not the hosts the um the drones don't um don't make a lot of sense i think from a, a kind of functional standpoint it's like it, what do you want them to do if you want these things to literally just be you know uh well drones you know things that carry stuff do basic tasks you know are able to maintain basic systems what i don't understand why they look like this i don't understand why you wouldn't just use a robot or or, or do it Auto, like automate it using a computer program for instance or, which, or one sure of those exists. hundreds of retired hosts in the fridge like just yeah. put put a new brain in them which is like yeah. basically the drone brain and just don't don't spend 30 grand or whatever making a new one of these yeah they're they're, they're an odd design um i don't i don't dislike them because i think they're used to kind of compound uh tone in certain scenes like there's some kind of yeah. horrorish elements particularly when when um when uh, when a returning character and uh, and Bernard, um, <clears throat> uh, they they kind of descend into this this uh, uh, this area of the park and 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 you know start realizing what's actually been going on and mm-hmm. the, the fact that they are quite horrific I think supports that tone, but when you actually start kind of picking away at it and look under the surface, they don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, let's talk about that character then. So, yep. last week um, we had like four reunions in about three minutes. Yes. This week we've got another one. We've got another reunion. Yep. Uh, they're bringing. Got... They're getting the band back together. <laughs> yeah. So Elsie, who was very much hinted at as still being alive in the first season, they waited until episode four of the second season to pull the trigger on that one. She's yeah. back just to make everything in this series that that makes you think that this wasn't planned before. It's like Elsie comes back and you say, "And oh, they did have a plan. Of course they did. They knew she was coming back." I, I think. Yeah, I think they did know that one because. At the rule of movies and television is if you don't see someone die, most of the time they're not dead. And Elsie uh, was one of those. Um, it, it, I think if I'm being cynical, they left that. It could be argued that maybe they just left themselves the wiggle room. They could have also said, you know, in a throwaway line in this season, now nah, Elsie's dead and just never done anything with that plot line yeah, if they yeah, wanted yeah. to. But they left themselves an out if they want, you know, if they wanted it, and they took it. And it's nice to see her again. Um, she is you know she's a good character and unfortunately she seems to have kind of just slotted into the charlotte role of bernard needs someone to give him his his good brain milk and that's that's going to be you now elsie <laughs> brain milk supplier yeah because charlotte's gone um he needs a bottle but... of brain milk on the doorstep every morning when he wakes yeah. up he needs it otherwise he gets grumpy i will say this actually that you know i can make fun of this show for its bad writing but i have to credit them when they when they do things that actually are good i throughout the first season i was relentless in making fun of their stupid healing wand thing that they were just like okay that heals all wounds don't worry about that in this episode elsie literally says your brain isn't working because you've got severe cortical a cortical i think she says damage or something like that the the that your nut is damaged yeah. essentially is what she's saying because it looks like he shot himself in the head and like, as soon as she said that i was like you know what 
fair enough. You've got me there. You've <laughs> yeah, got me. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you've pointed out that the wand does apparently just kind of fix surface level things and he's got more severe damage under the surface. And I, I respected them for doing it. Yep. This is bringing you back, Conrad. Let me ask you this question. When I watched the Rograth as a child, and I've made a joke about this in a video before. I've made a joke about this. We never see the nappies getting changed. Never see them go nope. to the toilet. Doesn't mean they don't. Where does Tommy Pickles piss? That's what I yeah. want to know. Tommy Pistols. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. And I'm very dead serious here. How glad were you that they didn't sh- didn't show the pile of Elsie's shit in that cave that was right <laughs> right next to her? How long has she been there for? It must have been like a month. Well, she had the protein bars. She had the protein bars, you know, to keep her going. As so- Where was as she someone- on the toilet? As, as someone who has at uh, various times in his life been very keen on the, G, uh, the the gym and eaten lots of protein bars and take, taking lots of protein shakes, those things will wreak havoc with your digestive system <laughs> without f- a good source of fiber, which she did not have. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't show it to us. I, I, I can only imagine the nightmare situation in the bucket that was provided. Uh, she, she, like, she's looking at Bernard says, do you not see anything there, Bernard? He goes, doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, it's like it's like when the phone goes off in my house and my mum just pretends she can't hear it, hear it. Like Bernard, he definitely knows it's there. But he's like, I'm not dealing with that. That's nothing to do with me. Like that's that's Ford's problem, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He, he told me to leave you a bucket and nothing else. Protein bars in a bucket. Don't blame me. Yeah. Uh, right. Speaking about characters who die off screen, Elsie was not one of them. No. But we've got a new segment, Conrad. I can't wait. <laughs> Come but not forgotten our fallen prince. They did you dirty, but you left your fingerprints on my soul. On my soul. On my soul. You left your fingerprints on my soul. So as we all know, Conrad, um, we said goodbye to Logan in this episode. Uh, gone but not forgotten. Gone but not forgotten. It, it, uh, we didn't get to, to say goodbye. We didn't get. I said we say goodbye, but we didn't get to because he died why, off screen. Why did they? Uh, I'll let you do your segment in a second. But why did they even <laughs> put him in the fucking episode where they do the big party? If they were just going to kill him off screen an episode later, just say he died in the park. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. Um, well, he was in that I can't episode. Any- he was in that episode in two ways, I suppose. He was in that episode. Um, yeah, he was in that episode. Oh, you have the uh, yeah. You could have the yeah. early stuff with him. That mm-hmm. that stuff's good. I like that Logan stuff. But it's just weird to me that they like played around with this idea of him coming back and being a shell of his former self just in that one episode only to kill him off screen two episodes later, having not yeah. ha- not featured him again. Weird. Where they could where they could have just been like he died in the park. I don't know. It's like, yeah, like, like they. Sh- I really, really wish that they, from the start, they had a plan and they had had a character who'd appeared once or twice, and that ended up being old Logan. Like you know, Ben Barnes did re- as well. Like Ben Barnes did a really good job with that character, and I, I actually am quite a bit sad that we didn't get more of him. To be honest with you, mm, like so. Yeah. Anyway, he's, he's a he's a great villain, and we'll yeah, come back to yes. that later because there's a villain in this episode that I want to talk about too. But the, oh, the cool. series is lacking for good villains. That's true. That is true. Oh, you're talking about Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. We'll talk about him later on. Um, so, basically, uh, we're go- what we're going to talk about this segment, guys, is we're going to talk about characters from uh, films or TV who died off screen, uh, first of all. So, uh, some of the notable ones. Conrad, what have you thought of? 
Um, well, so we were talking about this before, and obviously I've got to mention, I've got to do it. Uh, Johnny Galecki in In Time, which we watched for the best movie podcast ever a couple of weeks ago. Plug. How dare how dare they kill him off screen? Um, frankly, um, obviously you've got the classics that um, I, as an Englishman, reserve the right to call back to, and that is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in 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 the older the old Shakespeare classic Hamlet. Um, and I mean, those are the main ones. <laughs> Yeah, well, really? I, came, I came up with two more. Sarah Connor kind of dies off screen because she she isn't in Terminator Three. Um, yeah, they just kill her and then and then her coffin's full of guns in Terminator Three, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and Adrian, Adrian, yep. yeah, yeah, from from Rocky. She goes between four and five, I think. Why There's did like she go? A, did the actress I think pass she, away? No, uh, the actress was still alive. I think she was just didn't want to be in it anymore or something um but it's very throwaway as i recall there's just like a grave um and and rocky's poor again yeah i think okay. it's just compound compound his character being sad in rocky five to be <laughs> honest all right well we're into the meat and bones here now the, the second part of this segment i think is my favorite part and we're gonna ask i've asked conrad to come up with a character who he wishes had died off screen but did yeah. not yep yeah. i've got I'll do you one better than one character. I've got an entire cast of characters, one of which is played by Johnny Galecki. And that is, of course, you know what I'm talking about. It's that entire cast of The Big Bang Theory. I wish they'd all died off screen before that show began so that we never had to have it. That's my... That's that's my... I wish they'd all... I wish Sheldon Cooper had burned to death as a child. you're, you're, You're telling me. I did a maths degree at the height of that show the amount of people wearing Bazinga shirts that I had to oh. put up with in my life. Like, they, they thought they were in that show. And I'm just thinking, you know, you, you, I was just like sitting there like, you're not true. You're not true mathematician nerd. You know, you, no. if, you, you're, you're playing it. Like, you're playing the character. I was here know? before it was cool, all right? I was playing Warhammer in 1995, all right? I, I was out here grinding on the nerd streets before it was, you know, socially acceptable to do so. Where were you, Sheldon? I can't remember that actor's name, but... <laughs> they always um, be Sheldon to me. Yeah, I'd guess, who cares? But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good one. Uh, I actually think that um, you actually go 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 look it up uh, after this. Uh, finish listening to this this episode of the Alphabet Podcast. Uh, go over and look up uh, Big Bang Theory with no uh, no laugh track. It oh, is. I did that. Of, I did that with friends the other day. It's great. One of the most cringeworthy things you could ever do. And the funny thing is, you then go and watch like Seinfeld uh, with no laugh track, and there are now, of course, there's going to be moments that don't work, like Kramer sliding mm. in the door and stuff. But there are moments in Seinfeld which it just basically feels like curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. Whereas, whereas <laughs> Big Bang Theory is so awkward, like there's they, twenty they, second y- gaps. I, yeah, I need them to tell me when to laugh. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do if I don't have that? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good shout. Actually, I was wondering which way you were going to go with that, um, and you went with the whole cast of characters. Me, of, of course, it's got to be the uh, the death of Johnny from the room. Uh, I would have much preferred not to see that. Having said that, actually, <laughs> it was very it was very interesting. Uh, but uh, as Ema said, I remember Ema asked him a question, um, saying about they all betrayed him. What was the, what was the take on it? Um, and he answered, uh, uh, "If everyone loves each other, the world would be a better place," or something like that. Well, it would be much better place if we didn't have to see Johnny dying and 
Actually, no, I take that yeah. back. I, w- I would much rather uh, have the scene where he's like rubbing his own uh, area. Yeah, rub- rubbing her, rubbing his uh, his fiance's dress on his crotch. Yeah, and, that, yeah and, that's uh, yeah. that's probably the uh, the scene all day. So not his death, that part. I wish that happened off screen. Yeah, uh, I mean, but... just halfway through the movie, just like cut him off. He dies off screen, and then you just don't get that bit or his death. Then you then you've you know two birds with one stone. Listen, I, I wanted to find out more about the old woman who had cancer. That was what I wanted to find out more about. Uh, anyway, okay, back to Westworld. Uh, you said you want to talk about a bad guy. Was I right in yes. thinking it was the Matthew McConaughey guy? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so this se- this uh, season of the show ha- is lacking for good villains at the moment. There are basically none. Um, and I think they've tried to sort of plug... Uh, Dolores into that hole and it doesn't really work because I'm still mm-hmm. on her side and I I'm not I'm not feeling that she's an antagonist to anyone's aims because all of the people who are kind of operating against her I don't really care about it's all sort of corporate human types that I don't care about um, and, and I've been very vocal as well saying I don't really like the Man in Black storyline in this season I think his stuff with Lawrence just feels like it's retreading old ground yeah. um, and he feel, it feels like he's spinning his wheels a bit because they don't really know what they're doing with him with that said this this guy turns up uh, a budget Matthew McConaughey rocks mm-hmm. up and it is great in this you know he's very he's a very simplistic villain he doesn't seem to really he's not um you know he's not one of those villains where you're like i can kind of understand his point of view he's just evil and sometimes that's fine like sometimes you just need yeah, yeah. evil characters who know they're evil and don't really care um and uh, i i really enjoyed it i also really enjoyed uh, his introduction uh, the man in black rocks up and somehow can recognize that the confederados are down a few men despite them having infinite <laughs> men like they're like the, <laughs> tu- the the fucking tuscan raiders of westworld like they did march in single file to conceal their numbers because there's just an infinite number of them um yeah but um yeah uh, th- like the kind of um the mirroring of man in black's visit to uh, lawrence's hometown with um in in the first season to this one is really good i thought um and and uh, man in black despite not having much to do this season gets a real kind of badass moment out of this where you know the 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 uh, the dude is torturing lawrence and you know making his wife yes. walk um, walk to him with like a shot glass of nitroglycerin and then he's like uh, he starts talking about how death is always true he didn't recognize that he was sitting across from you this whole time and then stands oh, up yeah. and starts playing that amazing like bassy like dun 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 it's oh it's so good like it's yeah. it's a it's a proper moment of real a real kind of like high point for the man in black i think uh which is saying something because it's kind of comes out of nowhere but that Mm -hmm. entire little arc in this episode i loved yeah i i agree with you 100 percent. i like the lawrence stuff does feel a bit retreaded but i do like the actual set piece retreading in this town this time yeah and like that works and and like the the guy who's serving the tequila shaking and and i think the i honestly like there's this the moment where he says you didn't recognize it was him death sitting across from you this whole time, yeah. that was so badass. I absolutely loved that. Um, yeah. I, 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 I was, was like watching a fist it in the air moment for me where I was yeah. like, holy shit, that's a good line. That, yeah. uh, the, the, the one criticism I will have of it is that I think what, they're, what they feel like they're doing with Man in Black is that they are kind of, you establish him as a villain who's like this all-powerful villain. Then you show some vulnerability in, um, you know, him essentially being mortal now because the host Mm -hmm. can hurt him and that's fine but i think they 
I think they screwed up by not injuring him early. That's always the play with this kind of storyline. It's a well-trodden storyline. You have your badass, and then in as soon as you you make them vulnerable, you have to exploit that vulnerability. He needs to like his arm should be re- like from where Dolores broke it should be unusable at this point. He should be limping yeah. around. He should be bleeding. That they need to make him seem weak because if they'd have done that in the first three episodes, mm-hmm. this moment would have been even better. I think it would, you know, standing up, taking his arm out of a sling or something. It could, it, it, I mean, it was still yeah. great. I loved it, but I feel like they haven't really capitalized on that as much as they could have. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. He's killed a load of people. He's fought his back in this corner the whole whole series so far. And yeah. but it would have been cool coming out of like, it, like the, the slow build, Conrad. The slow build. Um, yeah. I think I mean, he's got a couple of like yeah. nicks in his neck and stuff like that yeah. from where people have caught him. But he should be full of holes and like on his last legs. I think by this point because it's it's a real yeah. this is a moral moment for his character where you know oh, he is. decides to stand up for Lawrence and his and his people even though he doesn't have to. Yeah, and I, I think there is a deeper meaning there as well because while he's um while he's sitting there deciding what to do it's showing a cutaway to the bath uh to to a bath uh, filling up and you know Mm. um what do you take about that what do you think about that um i mean i think that's him reflecting on how his actions impacted his own family life you know we're we're, we're seeing it's a really interesting structure to this episode because on one hand you're seeing the progression of william's obsession with uh jim um and him kind of almost it's almost like confessional or a diary or something you know mm-hmm. he comes into jim at various points in his life and says your wife is dead oh my my wife has died my daughter's run away all this kind of stuff um and it's a great way of just kind of using that as a as a bullet point for the action that you're going to see for the man in black's character in this episode mm-hmm. and and as we see it's it's him i don't think he's going to suddenly become a good guy but it's a moment for him to realize like I it's a moment of self-reflection which is something we haven't seen from William at all up until this point a moment where I think he realizes that he had a part to play in his wife choosing to kill herself yeah and the guilt he felt as a result of that led him to try and take a moral stance for this person that he doesn't really know and that um he doesn't need to help um and I think it's a huge moment for his character and I think it's also important that uh, it's you know it is Lawrence's wife as well. Yeah, um, yeah that, you know it, it's the same role. But 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 also going past that as well is actually we're forgetting just the, how big it is that these are hosts as well. It's not mm. like these are actual people. Uh, so yeah. therefore, or or are they? So there, mm. but but therefore he's it also shows a, a way that he's changing his thoughts towards the hosts because they can kill him now, and therefore it's putting them a step closer to being a sort of people to him in his own mind they're his equals almost now he's he's sort of growing and and they're not just his playthings that he can go through the narrative and try and try and clock the game you know what i mean yeah i think that's absolutely right and i, and I think you know that speaks to his own messed up brain in that like that how, how mm-hmm. he comes to perceive people as worth something to him um because requires... even jim even Jim in well, this episode, yeah. who is a, like a photocopy of Jim's actual consciousness, mm. he's still just burning him every time he doesn't succeed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't. That's why I said I don't think this is designed to. Uh, this is going to be some big switch, and the Man in Black is going to become a moral character, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I don't think. I, I think it's taken so much to get him to this point that I don't think uh, it's going to be something that happens regularly. But I absolutely, absolutely think you're right that they are they are showing this moral turn for him against 
how he behaved with the the host of Jim, who, as mm. you say, is someone he'd known for probably you know by by the time by the time um, that storyline kind of ends, he's probably known him for the best part of fifty years, um, and and he's still just happily burning him every time it goes wrong. Yeah, like definitely best part of thirty five years, I'd say. Uh, you know, it's a, <laughs> no, because he knew him before as well. Yeah, but he had, I added, but added he, a wasn't, he wasn't married to his daughter yet. It depends when his career started, I suppose. But um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I th- I'm I th- maintaining I think... that Ed Harris is eighty years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, okay, we'll give it to you. All right, I'll ring up Ed and say to change his birth certificate. Uh, well, I, I've seen Enemy of the Gates. He'll fucking kill me. I know. <laughs> I know what he's like. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, awesome. So what I'm going to do now, Conrad, is we're going to go into the question of the week. What do you think? That sounds great. Let's do it. Hey, Conrad, look who it is. It's only the bloody question of the week. All right, Conrad, the question this week, I have been... I, I For some reason, and I don't know why, when this question was asked, I kept forgetting that... Um, I kept forgetting the part that it was referring to, but now I realize actually that the part it was referring to was ages ago, so we actually can talk about it. And okay. that that is the question. Uh, let me just double check who sent us the question in. It was, of course... Oh, it was Kelly Denza. Um, oh, no, it wasn't Kelly Denza, sorry. It was Bill Ross. It was Bill Ross. Um, okay. Yeah, Bill Ross, who absolutely... Guys, if you didn't know, Bill Ross absolutely loves uh, celebrity gossip couples. If you... If you, if you <laughs> If you want, sorry, Bill. Uh, I'm just slagging off a little bit here. But if you really want to, Bill, if you really want to, Bill, uh, you know, get in contact. We'll we'll send you all of Conrad and my portfolios of our celebrity couples. We we yeah. we love them. We love them. I'll send you. I'll send you my pictures of Florence Pugh. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Zach Braff's Zach Braff's face scratched out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my own face like stuck onto photos of, <laughs> of him. <laughs> Unbelievable, absolutely fantastic. Right, okay. Anyway, Bill Bill Ross asks, um, "I'm willing to suspend my disbelief at a certain point, uh, but how in the hell does Bernard pass a DNA test? Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember when he had to do the DNA so that the, the drones couldn't kill him? Wouldn't kill him? Yes, in like the first episode of this season. So, okay, so but maybe, Charlotte- maybe there's like a failsafe, or not a failsafe, but maybe there's like a kind of secret host." level to that dna test where it's like ah we get it he's one of us maybe there is i've actually got a real answer um okay so, go <laughs> i think that it's not a dna test i mean okay. it is a D- it's a dna sampling so that the hosts the, the the drones take a sample of your dna and therefore and then they know that you are friendly okay and they won't kill you mm. i don't think that they that they programmed into those drones to detect when it isn't human DNA because I'm sure I'm sure the hosts have some sort of DNA sequence that they've sort of put in them even if it's even if it's nowhere near as complex I'm sure they've put something in in their saliva or whatever it was that he tested with mm-hmm. um, so I think that the, instead of the drone seeing that he is a host and then alerting someone I don't think that's their job I think their job is literally uh, take my sample um, and then do not kill me. So therefore, the, ho- the the drone might not be able to distinguish between a DNA sample and whatever sample Bernard gave it. Yeah, I th- that's um, that sounds plausible to me. I think that does sound plausible. I I, I think it's is it, is it literally said that it's a DNA test? I don't remember it being said yeah, that it's a DNA but test. yeah. In, in like the first episode, whenever Charlotte and him went down and we met the drones for the first time, hmm. they ha- they had to scan his DNA. Uh, she said DNA in order to 
uh, in order to not attack him basically so I, yeah. I don't think i don't think it's a testing that he's human it's not a test it's not like the thing that they put on her neck like and tested last week yeah i think i think it's just taking the sample and then knowing not to attack it very boring answer bill i'm sorry let me know what you think in the comments um yeah that's, that's i mean right. you're the you're the science man so i defer to you on this my uh, my my uh my answer was yeah just that they they see it pops up on one of their screens like oh he's a host as well and they all kind of give each other a little nudge and they're like yeah in my mind as long as there's like it's like in that in that drone's head there's a box for the it's like a spreadsheet there's a box where the information of dna has to go in and then it will read that from the spreadsheet you know so in my mind even if it's anything but nothing there won't be an error so that box in the drone's head will get something from Bernard and not be triggered. Right, that's that's the answer, guys. I'm not getting any more complicated than that. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much for listening to the After Dark Podcast. We'll be back next week, of course, with episode five of season two of Westworld. And we will see you then. What are you about that, Conrad? Oh, I didn't say subscribe, support the channel, all that sort of stuff in the description. <laughs> Click the subscribe button, like the video, all that sort of stuff. Also, uh, I'm go and check it out. Uh, Conrad's bad guy breakdown. Uh, Trevelyan, uh, Trevel- uh, Alex Trevelyan. Alex, is it Alec or Alex? Alec, Alex Trevelyan. Alex Trevelyan. Uh, Alex Trevelyan. You know, you know what's funny about that? It's like Alex Ferguson, Man May- United, Sir Alex Ferguson, his the former manager. Mm. I watched the documentary and like they kept saying Alex one time, Alec the next. It just pops back and forth, is what I've realized. Yeah, it's, um, just, it's just it's just people being inconsistent. Yeah, it's just people. Yeah, Lex. I'm gonna call him Lex. Uh, Lex Trevelyan, nice. uh, Trevelyan, whatever his name is, 006. Go and watch it, uh, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.